finally we're back what's going on everybody i hope you guys are doing well i hope you guys are healthy and whole i hope your families are healthy and whole as well so i know it has been a while it's been a long time since we dropped an episode and i'm saying we like well me me, the father of the holy spirit yeah that's right we okay so (laughs) but we're back And there's been a reason for that. And I'm so excited to share that with you guys. So back in 2014, God laid it on my heart to begin an Instagram page. It's called uh, underscore Warriors of Christ. And I started that when I got saved. And God has laid it on my heart to begin a business through it, um, an apparel clothing line. And through that, people will be able to um, represent who they are as believers and that will be also be a point of contact that people will evangelize, right? You know, be like, hey, what's what's that mean on your shirt? You know, things like that. Point of contact and then get to evangelize through apparel. So really, it, it's dedicated to shining the reality of who we are as sons and daughters, servants and warriors of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So wearing the garments represent who we are as true warriors of the kingdom of God. So the website has launched the apparels there. Right now there are two shirts. There are many more to come. Um, so you guys can check that out at WOCapparel.com. Oh man, I'm so excited to be back. So excited. So let's get into it. Today we are going to be talking about John chapter 4 in specific. And I know most of us um, know this popular story. If you don't, it is a beautiful and rich story. And I just want to share with you guys um, an awesome truth that I also shared when Pastor Jorge at Ebis Church gave me the opportunity to be able to preach there. Um, And God gave me this message that I want to share with you guys. And it was preached and taught out of John chapter 4. So let's read it. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Verse 2, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judah and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Verse 7. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please, give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for the Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew. And I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Verse 10. Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Verse 11. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. 
where would you get this living water? Verse 12. And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Verse 15. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water and I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. Verse 17. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Now we're going to stop right there because I know that is a lot. But through that, we're going to dissect a little bit. And man, let me tell you guys, in that, there is so much to unpack and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take it from here. So real quick, it's interesting here, Jesus, right, being a Jew and talking to a Samaritan woman, even the woman was shocked because she said Jews had, you know, they didn't want, they didn't want nothing to do with Samaritans, right? But here's Jesus a Jew talking to a Samaritan woman at that woman, right? Back in, in that time, it, it was, you know, it's bad enough to talk to a Samaritan, but to now to talk to a Samaritan woman as a Jew, it put the icing on the cake, right? But it's interesting here that Jesus meets this woman alone at a well. And in Genesis 24, Isaac, his bride was found at a well. And then in Exodus chapter 4, verse 18 to 26, Moses saw Zephora at a well. Then Jacob also in Genesis 28. So it's interesting here that Jesus has a way of beginning awesome, beautiful relationships at a well, right? That's interesting. We'll, we'll hold on to that one. So this Samaritan woman had five husbands. And now Jesus wasn't asking this because he didn't know, but obviously he knew because he said, you're right. You know, and he, he let her know that he knew that, which is why she said, oh, you must be a prophet. Right. But Jesus was trying to get at something much deeper than that. So catch this. The Samaritan woman had five husbands right and the man that she's living with now is not her husband so now she has six men in total right that have entered into her life and now here comes jesus at this well where he begins awesome relationships and he is a man but he's the perfect man blameless man and he's the seventh see Seven represents perfection. Seven represents holiness. So catch this. Jesus, the seventh man. The man in her life 
that will never leave her nor forsake her. He's the husband and he's different from all the rest. This is spoken about clearly in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5 and 6. And 5 and 6, it says this, For your maker, for your maker, talking about God, is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Verse 6 says, it's beautiful here. (laughs) It says, For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit. Oh, that hits right on the nail to this Samaritan woman that Jesus is talking about. She's forsaken, grieved in spirit. All her relationships have been broken time and time again. Imagine that. Imagine going through marriage and marriage that you end up at You know, your fifth marriage doesn't even work out. And the sixth person that you're with, you don't even want to get married to because that's how bad of broken relationships that you have had. This is what this woman's reality was. So verse six, for for the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife when you are refused, says your God. (laughs) see jesus will remain faithful and if she's unfaithful to him then he will take the steps necessary to win her heart back all these other men in her life left right broken relationships it left they left right didn't work out that was it move on but jesus continues he's persistent right because of that love that he has for you and me. So with Jesus, with her entering into a relationship with Jesus, just like you and me have a relationship with Jesus, she enters into rest. She can cease from all the labor and she can enter into peace and joy, right? The peace that passes all understanding. The joy of the Lord will be her strength, just like it is for you and me. She can know that he knows her through and through and he accepts her, right? He accepts her and will stay with her forever. He won't leave her. And like we said, seven is the number of perfection through scripture because making a sevenfold promise, just like it talks about in Genesis 21, verse 27 to 32, just like Abraham did, right? making a a sevenfold promise as Abraham did right through that number 7 through Jesus being the seventh it's it's a it's a promise that he will never leave this woman that he will never leave her nor forsake her that he will always be by her side becoming he himself Jesus is becoming the perfect promise in her life he's fulfilling that within her so the seventh man is in her life And is just the perfect man for her. Which becomes the infinite God. He is perfect. He doesn't care about her past, right? Her shame, her guilt, right? All of that that she's feeling. God doesn't look at her that way. Just like he doesn't look at you and me that way. And then we see water. We see this well here. 
that Mark, Mark chapter 15, verse 23 speaks about. It says, then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink. And he did not take it. Think about that. The water that they gave Jesus was polluted. It was mixed with myrrh. Then it says in John chapter 19, verse 28 to 30, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. Now, think about this. The water that they gave Jesus was polluted. He did not take it. It says in Mark chapter 15, verse 23, they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he didn't take it. And then in John 19, Jesus said, I thirst. And then this is what happened. Now, a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine. They put it on a hyssop and put it to Jesus's mouth while he was on the cross. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished and bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus said something to the woman. He said something very powerful. He said in verse 13 of John chapter 4, he said, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. Jesus on the cross was thirsty. He drank that water that was polluted, right, with wine. It was actually wine, not even water, right? It was sour wine. Jesus drinks the sour wine, and then he says, it is finished. He was the one that was thirsty. But then, in verse 14, Jesus also said, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It will become a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So, there's a trade-off that, that happened. Jesus comes to the Samaritan woman and he says, here, I have drank the water that is polluted. The water that is not good for you to have. But here, instead, you take my living water. He traded something with this woman. If you go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. That is exactly what Jesus did with this woman. And did you notice at the end of John chapter 4, this woman, she ran back to the village. And she left the water jug that she came to fill with water. She left it there and ran back. You know why? Because when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you don't need 
physical, temporary water. When you taste the living water, nothing else compares. That is what Jesus has done with you and me. He has traded the water that was polluted with sin, guilt, condemnation, and shame, just like this woman was, was feeling. Broken relationships. We can't imagine how, how her life was and how much stress and, and pain and how worthless she thought she was. But then here comes Jesus, not even supposed to talk to her, not even supposed to engage with this woman. And he says, here, take this living water. Because you drink of this, you're not going to be thirsty. But if you drink of this temporary satisfaction, this, this water polluted with sin, you're, you're going you're gonna to be thirsty again. Jesus took the water that was bitter. The wine, the sour wine, Jesus tasted that and said, it is finished. So it is you and I now, by faith, that need to walk in what Jesus has finished. The relationship is set. He has took the load. Jesus has taken the load. He has drank the sour, the sour wine, right? You and I now just need to accept the living water that he offers us now, freely given. That's all that we must do. And that's exactly what this woman did. Running back to the village and telling everybody about who Jesus was. Forgetting the old and taking hold of the new that Jesus has offered. I pray that this has blessed you. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed that episode, make sure you subscribe for future episodes and feel free to rate and review. For more information and ways to support, check out our website at abreathwithbrefo.com.